Hello friends and happy Valentine's Day. I wanted to give you a dose of Living Skin podcast love today with a special collaboration with my beautiful friend Tiffany Pratt. As an entrepreneur, Tiffany totally gets the highs and lows of truly building a business that you love. She actually started her career in fashion and beauty in New York City, but found great love teaching children art, and she now resides and works in Toronto. Her passion for transformation is the foundation of her business, making her a go-to designer, stylist, and maker. She has a unique gift to see the exquisite in the unexpected. I met Tiffany a few years ago when she was a guest speaker at a Dermalogica event, and it was forever friendship at first sight. She is inspirational and she creates the most amazing experiences for all who listen to her speak. Her words give you a place to feel alive, creatively sparked, and inspired to live your life your way. So in this Building Your Business series, I wanted to share her magic and work-life advice with you in this very special podcast for the love of skin. Hopefully, our chat will fill your heart with a little more happiness, a little more joy, and a little more confidence to build your dream business. Enjoy this episode, and we are sending all the Dermalogica love to you today. So welcome to Living Skin. I'm Beth Bialco. And I am so excited about today's podcast because I'm sitting here in Toronto, Canada with the one and only Tiffany Pratt. And we're talking all about entrepreneurship and really giving you some great business advice, whether you're a beginner, whether you are a entrepreneur who's been at it for a while, but also to just some really great pieces of information about how to really believe in yourself and in your business. So welcome to the podcast, Tiffany. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) We're together. I know. I love being with you. This is great. I love being with you. This is like a reunion for us. Yeah, always, always. It's like a Bollywood love song. The rose petals fall from the sky. You know, we're in each other's embrace. Music plays softly in the background. We can't stop laughing. It's exactly it. So I'm happy to see your beautiful face. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me into your home we're hanging out here in what we call the uh, glitter the be- suite yeah the glitter suite here i live in the beach of toronto and poppy my wiener dog is with us and we're just chilling I but i it. thought for a podcast we need a nice soft quiet place so let's do my mikasa i love it yeah i love it so for those of you who don't know tiffany is not only a designer she is also an artist um, some of you maybe in Canada have seen her on HGTV. Um, you have to definitely check out her website, thetiffanypratt.com. Yep. And we'll talk a little bit more about her path through becoming an entrepreneur and a success here in just a moment. But we met actually... Let's talk about our story. Two, wait, two years ago. Two years ago. Yep. At Camp Dermalogica. So Tiffany is an avid dermalogical user and loves the skincare loves the brand loves skin therapist i do i mean that's how i came to know all of you was i got a phone call when i first started um being on television when you become more of a public person you know more people are aware of you and at the time there's a pr person here uh working at the headquarters in toronto that reached out and said would you like to come and get a facial 
And I was like, no, I have super sensitive skin. I didn't want anyone touching me. I thought this is just going to make me flare up and I don't, I can't have zits. Like I was just keeping it under wraps. Yeah. And, um, and so she literally, she broke me down and Dermalogica has been my saving grace on my skin since, well, this has been, do you want to believe six years now? Wow. Yeah. Six years I've been using the product and um, going in for, you know, routine seasonal facials at the headquarters here. Um, and I'm a devotee of the products. And because of getting to know everybody at the headquarters in Toronto, um, slowly I've been infiltrating from the inside, working with the employees, doing talks about entrepreneurship, um, doing DIYs with the group. Um, it's just been a slow build. I've even done some cool um, art direction for some elements for the Instagram over the years. And then two years ago, we did Camp D in mm-hmm. Vancouver. What was in Squamish in British Columbia. Yes, yes. So that's when Beth and I met, and it was like one of those Dreamweaver moments. <laughs> oh, oh, oh Dreamweaver, I believe. It's like we, we spotted each other, and we knew we were each other's people, but I had, you know, you had your thing to do, I had my thing to do, but it was yeah. a connection. For sure. And then I think I hadn't even left Vancouver and you'd already sent an email saying, I want you to come speak at... A conference, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we spoke at our international education conference. Mm-hmm. So flew out to LA a little, uh, what, less, eight months later? Mm-hmm. And spoke there. Yeah. And that's, that was another great time being with you and us connecting and knowing each other. And I felt truly that was one of those moments where I felt so honored. Because that wasn't just a small team here in Toronto or a s- smaller team out in... The West Coast, that was, you know, that was an international group. Um, yes. But I have so much passion towards the Dermalogica product. I have a lot of passion towards people, people loving themselves, um, believing in themselves. And, and I think that regardless of what you do for a living, that message transcends. And I so appreciated mm-hmm. that you understood that and you just kept having me a part of it. So I love of you. Of course. I oh, love you. Well, thank you. Wait, I mean, we love you. And as you know, our friendship has really just evolved, I think, you know, through the years. But also to... I just have such a major amount of like respect for what you've done mm. because you know you actually didn't start off necessarily in the design mode you were doing art yeah I started off I mean I didn't know anything about anything I grew up in a small town and I didn't even know I was good at art quite frankly I just was enrolled in the basic art class and I remember in ninth grade, the teacher said to me, you know, you may want to look into some special series classes as you, you know, start building your curriculum here in high school. And I was like, why? She's like, well, you've got a real true talent. And I was like, what? So it it wasn't something that I really even knew. I, I was in high school before it was something I could really take on as like, oh, okay, I, I think I have a knack for this. Because mm-hmm. you could see yourself not just in your small public school group of people, but in amongst thousands of children. And you could be like, oh, or teens. And you could say, okay, yeah, maybe what I've got is a little bit different. So yeah, I always, and it wasn't just one thing. It was everything. I painted, I sculpted, I, I was doing building, I was sewing, I was doing all sorts of stuff. And not necessarily because I thought I was so good at it, was that it made me feel good. Mm-hmm. And doing it made me feel like I was myself. And it was my, it was like a safe place for me that I could kind of, drift off into this you know different place inside of my consciousness to create Mm -hmm. and as that was happening I was effectively you know I had a interesting childhood and you know I I really relied on my creativity to get me through but at the same time the creativity gave me power I was able to 
teachers were commissioning me to paint murals and really supporting my talent, which was, it was unreal. I was so, you know, blessed to have that. So coming from that experience, um, right into the end of high school, I ended up, you know, I ran for president, I won. And I was really, um, I was a huge proponent for art and to make that a huge part of our school when I was running it. So it started at a really young age for me, which was just about creating. And then it's built from there. It was, mm-hmm. it's taken different shape. I worked in fashion for a while. I worked in cosmetics for a while. Then I started teaching kids art. It's had different faces, but having now done art direction and creative direction and built events and done pop-up events and, you know, worked in different trunk shows for different designers and worked on cosmetics products and packaging, it all ends up sort of being the same thing, mm-hmm. but different. Yeah. And I think that that's why um, whenever I do my talks for Dermalogica or whatever uh, company would like to hear me speak about my experience, I always talk about the power of yes and how sometimes we don't say yes enough because mm-hmm. we don't think we can do it. And we think, oh, well, I don't have the training here. I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go to business school. I didn't. But in the end, I think when we know what our calling is, we don't necessarily feel like we need to go to school so much as we need to believe in ourselves. And we just need to go forward and do it. Yeah. So that's what I did. I didn't go to school for anything. I have no formal training in anything. Um, I was accepted to um, FIT in Manhattan for textile and surface design, and I never went. I took a couple elective courses in psychology and art history, and I realized doing those elective courses for six months that I was just going to rot in a classroom. And that wasn't what I wanted. So I was like, see you later, suckers. And I just started to work and put my head down and figure it out. And so yeah. that's sort of been my, my journey. Um, but when I moved up to Canada, I say this always to people that we're always starting again. You know, the, the world that we live in and who we are, our desires, our jobs, what we want in life is cyclical. It goes in a circle. Sometimes we have to do things over and over again. And each time we do them, we do them better. And, and so I had not been in Canada since I was a kid and I had lived in Connecticut and New York for 10 years and I moved up here I thought as like a temporary thing to be with my sisters so here I am in Toronto no connections no one knows me I've had big-time jobs in New York I have to start again and that's what we're gonna talk about today that's when I began my my journey being self-employed mm-hmm. because I realized when I moved here I just had to work for myself because that was the only way I was going to be able to do it my way and put all the things I had done to work. Mm-hmm. To work not only for what I wanted as far as building my dreams, but also to serve others and to serve others in a way I didn't think was out there in the world. And that's an important piece is mm-hmm. looking at the world and saying, where is there a service that is lacking and where can I be of most service? Yes, you exactly. Know? And that's, I mean, a lot of our listeners um, on on the podcast too are you know, skin therapist. I mean, we, this is what we do because at the end of the day, we love what we do, but it's always about what can I give to others? Um, how can I either help them either feel good, understand their skin, take better care of their skin. Um, and sometimes it's even de-stressing them because, you know, skin therapists to me, I'm obviously I'm a little bit biased because I'm one myself is that, you know, it's a very special type of person. So whether you're working, you know, 
in a salon and you you know have your room but you're working for someone else that's still your business and you're still touching people really like no one else can touch people and that aspect and I that's where I really felt the connection with you in this podcast is that you work with your hands you also to work to inspire and to help and be of service to others and you've made this switch into such an amazing thriving business and I think the connection is great with our therapist tuning in of being like you you know you have a gift and don't hold back on it totally and let it and really let it shine because it's not easy right no I mean entrepreneurship is not easy I started my own business I had a salon in um, Chicago and I remember just being like I have to do this yeah I don't I didn't know how I didn't have a business background either, but yep. I was just like, I have a willingness to give and to serve and to make a change and an impact in the world. And need. I think that's, you know, a lot of our therapists who even have their own businesses, maybe if you're tuning in and you're thinking about, do I have it in me to yep. start my own business? What would you say to someone who asked you that question? I would say have a willingness to learn. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that that's, we're always learning. When I talk to anybody that talks, I mean, now I've been self-employed for 10 years and they always say, well, what, you know, what are some things? And I, I always say every year I learn something new. Every single year for the last 10 years, I've learned something new about my business or how to run it or how to be better, how to be more streamlined. And I don't believe there is any one way of running a business. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's any one person that can tell someone else how to do it. I think you have to get in there and be willing to learn to ask lots of questions and always be a student of your of your customer. Mm -hmm. um, that's the thing that I've always felt is I was always you know humbly a student of my customer, and that's where I've been. I, I feel a deep connection with Dermalogica because although I don't work with product and I'm not in the beauty industry anymore, I I feel a deep connection to people that serve and care and use their hands. Mm -hmm. So I truly believe that as a skin therapist or as anybody that is working directly with the public, they have this real beautiful intimate experience that not everyone else can have because you're in a treatment room, mm -hmm. you're quiet, and you can really get to know that person. And that's when you can understand who your customer is, how you can serve them better, and you can ask intimate questions that will just keep adding to your repertoire yeah. of how you're able to do your business better, faster, stronger. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone has that unique gift to be able to be quiet with someone in a room and say like, how was this today? You know, what can right. I do better? Or how about next time we add this on? Or how about next time I bring an extra pair of socks for you? Cause I know your feet got cold today. Or how about, um, you tell me, did you like that form that I had you fill out? Is there something else that I'm missing? You know, always asking questions, I believe, is the greatest way to not only learn, but to keep being better at what you do and to add that extra layer that maybe someone else wouldn't be so willing to do. Mm -hmm. Service comes in so many different, with so many different faces. Mm -hmm. It's not just touching someone and serving them and giving them the service. Right, right. It's the willingness to learn. It's the willingness to go above and beyond. Yep. And that's the part of um, self-employment that I feel is sometimes the most overlooked but the most powerful I think that's like such a, a great quote that you just said there too or quoting you on that is just like is just really about making sure that you are 
tapping into the client, but just, you know, being really humble for the fact of the, the service that you're providing because, I mean, this person is in your treatment room. Yep. They are, you know, in a dark space. Yep. Majority of the time, they're complete strangers. Yep. And they're trusting you with their largest, most important organ of their body, which is right, their skin. 100%. And so I know, I think it's something too to think about is that, it's it's a responsibility that we can't take lightly. Nope. But I think also too sometimes you have a responsibility to yourself Huge. to make sure that you are doing everything you need to do not only for your client but also to feed your own self so that you can come to work every day and be 200% yeah. present in there. And I get it. I mean there's days we all have those days that you just are not feeling it, right? Yep. So what do you think are maybe some of the um, the ways for someone who is starting their own business or growing it to another level to kind of be their biggest investor or ways that you've maybe invested in your own self that has actually helped you grow your business? This is, a, I think, a super powerful question because I can, I can answer this on so many levels because... I, I'm a I'm a designer that creates spaces, but I'm also a person that's really sensitive to energy, and I'm a person that's also very sensitive to when someone wants to keep evolving, how to do that. Um, so on any level in any business, I always tell whomever I'm working with, if it's a group or if it's a one-on-one, -on -one, is that that business starts with them. It's not their surroundings, it's not their offerings, it's not their menu. It's who they are. People are coming to be in their energy field. Mm -hmm. So when you're coming to see Beth and yeah. be in that energy field, and Beth is the person that's going to be touching that person, they're coming for you. They're not coming, the, to be totally honest, the facial is secondary to the energy that you're carrying that they wanna be around. So my first recommendation to anybody that's listening to this is just be very sensitive to the energy you're carrying and know that you are your best business. Because if you're cleared, if your energy is cleared, if you're carrying love, if you're carrying service, if you're carrying um, healing, that energy is what people are coming for. You could be working in some janky back alley, nothing of a door space, but if you, you're carrying an energy that makes somebody feel good and feel healed and feel beautiful, They'll come for you for miles around no matter where you work. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I always tell people. And it's the same for any industry if it's a chef. We all know that people will go eat in a hole in the wall because the food's delicious. Right. So it's the same principle. Mm -hmm. You know, if the, if the food sucks, it doesn't matter how beautiful the space is, you won't go back. So you want to make sure that you yourself, your service, who you are and the energy you're carrying is completely intact so things to think about in that arena are self-care you know you have to think about all right how am I feeling today let me put my personal stuff aside and put my client front facing and when they're gone I'm going to take care of myself ways to take care of yourself in moments while you're on the job site I always believe in quiet time you know you can call it quiet time where you're closing your eyes and you're centering yourself you can call it meditation I don't care to collect yourself from the inside out and to give yourself quiet moments where you're taking deep cleansing breaths and you're becoming intentional with what you're doing, who you're touching and what you're doing it with, with healing energy, with love energy, 
it's a great way of preparing yourself for a, a, a customer or your day. Um, and once you've done that and you feel like you've got that down pat, you know, salt baths and cleansing the space and cleaning your area and getting your your treatment room together is another element that I'm really sensitive to because you want your treatment room to feel like somebody's yeah. walking into their home. Right. Something special. Something that 100%. feels just very connected and comfortable. So what color are the walls? You know, what are you doing on your bed? You know, are they climbing into a warm bed? Are they climbing into a cold bed? What are the sheets made out of? Do you have oil diffuser going? What smell is that? Are you playing certain types of music? Why? You know, is it a healing mantra? Is it a yeah. is it soft soothing sounds? Yeah. Um, and then I always think about just even the way that someone comes in. Is there a place for their things? Do they feel like they belong there? So there's so many small con considerations that I don't care what you do for a living. When you do something for long enough, you kind of become blind to it. Mm -hmm. And it's always coming to whatever it is you're doing with a beginner's mind, with it, which is, hey, you know, pretend I'd never come into any skincare location before. I'd never had a skincare treatment. I've never met an esthetician. I've never met anyone that knew anything about anything. What would I want? What would I love? What would I expect? What would I think would be amazing? Mm -hmm. What would put me at ease? What would make me feel like I was in the best care? Right. And when you ask yourself those questions, you start to become and create the environment that you dream of. And that's where it really comes down to is, is making our dreams a reality. And then your customers mm -hmm. can be a part of those dreams that you have. Mm -hmm. And then the dream can just keep getting bigger. And then before you know it, you know, you could have five spas across a whole city and have a bump in business. But mm -hmm. it's really because you created this dream and the foundation of that dream was so strong and so firm and so loved that it could be proportionately bigger based on supply and demand because of the great love and intention you put towards that service. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it really, it starts with the seed of you and then it can grow into a bigger thing and it can grow into, you know, I, I would say you, then it's the space you, you know, you're doing your service in and then it's your, then it's your whole spa and then you can just keep booming it out from there. Yeah. Social media, websites, you know, I, I love an ethos where people can talk about what is that brand or that service mean to you? You know, what, what, what do you want to achieve in the business world? I have an ethos that I have on my, um, it's on my diary on my website and it's explaining to people what I do is to me not about, you know, creating a beautiful home. It's so much deeper than that. Or it's not about creating a beautiful picture or whatever. There's something deeper for me. Mm -hmm. And when you read that ethos, you understand, oh, this person has a real mission behind what she's doing. Right, right. So that's the, that's the fun side of business where if you are in business for yourself, you get to create that. And that's yeah. a gift that yeah. not everyone gets to have. Yeah. And so, that's what clients are looking for. Like they want to feel connected and they're looking for someone who is, is number one in it for the right reasons. Yep. But that that they read it and go, wow, like that's the person I want to spend my little bit of time that I have with because, you know, clients are busy. Yeah. They can always just be, you know, coming in for like an hour or two, you know, two hour type of treatment. But they're like, they're, people are really looking at where they're valuing their time and who they're spending it with yep. and where they're going to and what maybe, um, 
location that they're not only spending their time but spending their money and it's a it's a very personal thing huge it's a very personal investment um as well i get so excited to get my skin treatments yeah i do and i and depending on where i go let's just say you know i don't get to go to the dermalogica headquarters and i'm somewhere else i always love to see if there's add-ons you know, sometimes I'll be like, okay, you can get this, you can get that. And I always feel so excited to go and experience it. And um, one thing that I, I always think about is as a skin care specialist, it's your job to teach people that the skin that they're in is the most front facing part of themselves. Mm-hmm. And you're making people feel more confident about who they are mm-hmm. yeah. by taking helping them take care of the skin. And that's what Dermalogica did for me was it brought my skin up to a whole other level. I, I never, previous to using Dermalogica products, had anyone stop me and say, oh my God, you have beautiful skin. And like the last six years, people are like, oh my God, your skin. And I'm like, okay, so that's what using a high quality product that right. really works for me, that's been properly designed for my type of skin right. with the treatments that I'm getting is doing for me. Right, prescribed, definitely prescribed. for you. Yeah, yeah. for sure, and that, And that's the other thing I would love to say is that um, women who love beauty should first love to get a facial, should first love to take care of their skin with proper products because all the makeup in the world is not gonna make your skin look amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing that we have to start with the baseline. If your skin itself is taken care of and it's beautiful and it's clean and it's, you know, it's in the condition it needs to be in, then you don't need to pile up all the makeup and do Mm -hmm. all the things. So Mm -hmm. it's that's the other side of this, you know, being a public person, I always feel like it's education. Yeah. When people talk to me all the time about my skin, I always say, well, it's not really the makeup. You know, it's not really the foundation or the concealer or the highlighter. It's the products and it's the care. So mm-hmm. that's a huge part of beauty that I think is really fascinating. People don't often know that it's not makeup. Yeah. You know, we all think it's the smoke and mirrors makeup, but it's the it's the daily scrubbing and washing mm-hmm. and care and cleansing that really shows through and then they're learning that from a yeah. skin therapist you know they're going in and getting they really need to get the the education which i think is you also hit such a great point about that which is you know not only is it you it's your space how it's about how your clients feel but it's also to how you're educating them yep and how that's a huge component of a successful business huge and and you talked about to going to different places right to get skin treatments so how there's a lot of salons and spas of course in every city across the world what would you recommend to someone how how they could like maybe stand out in this mm-hmm. industry because in some cases it can be a bit oversaturated everyone's yep. you know trying to say they do a skin treatment or waxing or you know um or lashes and as a consumer they might be thinking well which you know what makes that different so yep. i always like to ask a question how does an entrepreneur in the skincare industry um, avoid the what I like to call like the sameness that mm. maybe others are saying or others are selling? Mm-hmm. And I think for you, especially in um, the design world and the art world, how did you, you know, kind of do the, do that? Make sure that you felt that your stance was a little bit unique and it wasn't falling down, you know, the same path yeah. or pipeline that other designers were doing. Kind of a two-part question there. No, it, it is a two-part question, I, and I, I see where you're merging it. So I think I'll start with, um, I'm going to start with how to stand out as a business, but then I'll merge it back to myself, is I think you start as you're in your business knowing who you are 
and then knowing who your customer is. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, I'm just gonna paint a picture of a person that doesn't wear a lot of makeup, loves health, only wants to carry organic products in their salon, um, is on the cutting edge of technology, stands behind all the products that they sell in the salon, um, and has an offering of something that's a little bit different than other people and is not afraid to use every opportunity to educate whomever's walking in the door, calling or emailing to tell them why. Mm -hmm. um, know your customer. Maybe it's a different type of customer. Maybe it's a customer that wants to know that they're going to get something that's like on the cutting edge of technology in regards to, you know, face plumpers or whatever it is. You, you have to know your you have to know your demographic. You have to know who you want to cater to. Mm -hmm. And you also have to know who you are because people effectively will be coming for the person that owns the salon's vision. Yes. And then that vision yeah. will start to transcend that person. It will become something bigger. So if that person really stands behind Dermalogica products and education and making sure that the finest of ingredients are used in their salon and that all of the estheticians that are there are trained accordingly um, and they're throwing in different elements like peels and massages and things that really attribute wellness to each person that's left mm -hmm. there, I think you have to really know what who you are and what you want to offer. So why I'm saying that is because Regardless of what comes in trend or what will come and go as far as ingredients and offerings and products, you'll always know what is for you and what is not for you because you will know who you are. Mm -hmm. So if you only love things that are organic or made with natural products, you'll know things that aren't organic or made with natural products aren't for you. If you only love things that have plumpers and fillers and all the things and that's who your customer is, then you'll know those organic products aren't for you. Mm -hmm. And yep. it's going to be very easy for you to understand your customer. They're going to trust everything you will offer because you're very secure in your offering as a brand. Because each person has to recognize themselves in their space and their facility as a brand. Yes. That's that I'm so glad you said that because you are. You literally you're you are brand you. Yeah. And everything you do, you say, yep, um, it's your brand. How I know how you interact with people is a reflection of you personally as, as a brand. And I think that that's um, that's something that people have a hard time, mm -hmm. you know, owning. And I did, I did for sure. You know, when I first moved to Canada, when I started my business, it wasn't under my own name. I went under my studio name, which was Glitter Pie, for the first three years. And it was because I didn't want to be known as myself. I was happy for it to be the company. And the reason I say that is because I didn't think people would be all that interested in what I had to offer or who I was. I thought it was the company. But then after three years, I realized, oh, well, uh, mm, actually, <laughs> they're more interested in me than the company. Yeah. Um, so to answer your second question is... I have built a, a business based on my true authentic self, knowing that no matter what came my way, I would be able to uphold my own dreams, ideals, notions, and um, goals because they were my own and they were true and they were real to who I was. I didn't set out to be an interior designer or different or somebody that uses recyclables or upcyclables or extreme amounts of color or any of it. I didn't have this deep intention to to be as I am now. It was just that I've always loved what I've loved. I've always been who I've been. Yeah. I've always done what I've done. 
and I've stayed true to those pieces of myself and they've continually perpetuated into other things as my business has grown. So I think I can't say enough about the seed of who each person is in business more than I ever, ever have, is that when I really drill back, you know, here I'm 10 years later, and you have to look at, you know, what happens 10 years later in my type of a business. I had no dreams of being on TV or writing books or having what I have. But when I think of all of it and I look at all of it, the seed of who I am and what's important to me and what I believe is important for all of us is laced and woven through everything I do. And so for anybody that's building a business, to know oneself and to know what's important to oneself and to know what you're trying to achieve is the most important thing. Everything else will follow. Don't worry about your Instagram followers. Don't worry about having the most glossy website in the world. Don't worry about anything. Worry about yourself. How are you presented in the world? And it's everything. It's how you interact with your customers. It's how you speak on the phone. It's how you greet people. It's how you get dressed in the morning. It's everything. So as long as you've got your baseline together and you're true to that, regardless of how big or small your business will be, it'll always be successful and it'll always be true because it's the it's the essential part of who you are. Yeah. It's the essence of you. That's it. Yeah. Essence of you. So that's that's what I, I always recommend to people is don't worry, even when I'm doing a house, don't look at the magazines, don't look at that stuff. Who are you? You know, yeah. who who how do you live? Yeah. How do you want to live? That's how you design. And I think, yeah, and I think too, at the end of the day, after you're done and you close your books and you lock up shop, it's like, how do you, how do you feel at the end of the day? I used to take, um, I used to tap into that after I would lock up, like at the end of the night when I had my business was like, okay, today was a good day, you know, and I would kind of just really revisit how things went, where I could improve, what went really well. And then as long as I could basically say to myself, you know what, you gave, 110% 110% that you know that you're doing you know you're doing the best you know you're doing your best you're doing your best you could do and I, and I think the reason I say that is sometimes as an entrepreneur you have those days where the maybe self-doubt creeps in yeah a little bit yeah and you're like but I'm being authentic to myself I'm showing the true me yep but then there's some days that you're just like oh you know well my client came in and she said she got this microdermabrasion someplace else and it was so much better and okay what am i doing do i not have the right machine and then you just start spiraling uh, you like you go down the rabbit hole oh yeah and how do you deal with that i think you really touched on it in the beginning to be honest and i'll dig on that a little bit more but i really love the Mm self-reflection i really love when you said you close that shop door and you think about your day and you go through all the elements and you think what was awesome what was my win and what was my loss yeah Uh, Because I think when you're really honest with your self-reflection and you actually do it, you know, you'd be surprised how few people really do Mm -hmm. take a minute and reflect on the day. You have to do that. You have to do that. Or you just grind through the day and then you don't even know what happened. I would, I remember when I had my studio, I don't have it anymore, but when I would lock, I, I had a set of dimmer lights. So I'd have like, I had 85 paper lanterns in the, in the ceiling. (laughs) And so when the day was done, it was like bubbles. (laughs) So I remember I when I would shut the lanterns off and I just had the track lighting on and I dimmed the track lighting in my studio and it was um it was on a shop front so it was all glass front so people could see inside. 
but when I wanted to show that the shop was closed, I'd shut off all the lanterns. And I remember I'd shut off the lanterns and I would always put on soft soothing music and I would actually smudge the space every night. And I would walk through corner to corner the entire studio and I would clear the energy of the day and I would look at like the art that was created. I would look at the mess that was made. I would see certain piles like, oh, need another boot tray. There's a mess here. I'm going to have to ask people to take their shoes off mm -hmm. next time. Oh, I'm going to have to change that part in the form because that mom asked a really great question or this person asked a really great question. So I'm going to change the, the, um, ad, you know, the administration form mm -hmm. a little bit differently. Um, so I definitely feel like that those things are important to business. But then when you're having the spiral day, which we talked about, yes. remember yes. when you were saying like mm -hmm. last week was weird energy. Yes. Uh-huh. I love being able to talk to colleagues, you know, being able to talk to someone that's close and say, hey, you know, was that just me? Yeah. It's great to talk to somebody. But in the end, if you have no one to talk to, um, there's this thing that I always ask myself, is what I said true? And is how I feel? Do I, do I feel like what I feel is right in my heart? Mm-hmm. You know, is it true? Is it right in my heart? It's not about being right by being right and wrong standards. It's yeah. about being right inside of your heart so that by your personal standards, you feel okay. And so those are always the things to know. And if you don't feel right in your heart or if you don't feel like what happened was true or good or correct, then you'll know. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to be better. I'm going to step mm -hmm. it up. I'm going to have to apologize. Yeah. I'm going to have to call that client. I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to have a sit down with that person at the salon. I'm gonna have to, I'm actually gonna have to address this. That's the, that's the humanness mm -hmm. of our experience that sometimes we have to walk into the flames and, and that's how we grow. That's how we can be better is by being willing to look at those crappy days or those not awesome weeks and say, okay, well, this didn't go as well as planned. Right. But often I find if I didn't have those crappy weeks or those weird experiences, I can't bring those magical things that I learned to the table for something else to make me look even more professional. Yeah. I can actually come to a phone call and say, well, actually I'd prefer to have blah, 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 blah here. Or can you make sure you come prepared? You always learn something about your business when something goes wrong. Yeah. It's a learning moment. Cause I mean, always. especially cause I mean, it's not really, I always just say like, if it's not a failure, it's about, okay, what did I learn totally. from what kind of just went wrong? And I think the self-doubt, making mistakes, um, figuring it out on the fly. Yeah. You do it all, but <laughs> you also have to forgive yourself. Yes. You know, just forgive yourself. We're not perfect beings. And, right. you know, you and I are type AAA personalities. Let's get real. <laughs> I mean, there are, there's the type A personality. There's the type AA. <laughs> and then there's the Tiffany and Beth AAA that are psychopaths <laughs> and I think you and I need to drill it back to just being an A-type yeah you know and, I can do that and let it and just that. let it go yeah. and forgive ourselves um, that's what happens when you push yourself and you know how to push yourself you don't need a boss no one's ever going to push you as hard as you push yourself yeah and that's what becomes of yeah. you when you really really get into what you're doing yeah so there's the flip side of of business which is pushing yourself asking the questions being better, faster, stronger. Mm -hmm. But then the other side of that is slowing it down. Yeah. And that's, that's so important. Understanding who you are. Yeah. Forgiving yourself for not being perfect. Yeah. And knowing that you are human just like everybody else. Yeah. You know, we like to think we're superhuman. 
and some days I believe you are. Yeah. But we're not. We're not. And there's days I do feel like I'm Wonder Woman. I'm wondering about that. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. We're going to put on the armor. We're ready. We're taking yeah. on the day. And oh, I yeah. think that's, and that's true of an entrepreneur is that you do push so hard. And I think because of that, or one of the reasons that you do that is because you care so much. Oh, yeah. And I think as skin therapists who, who I've you know known throughout my lifetime who have their own business is that they care so deeply about every little thing that I think that's a great piece of advice is that you have to, at some point, that's great, but you've got to like... Pull it back. Pull it back a little bit and be okay if oh, yeah. something slipped. Right. Well, there's always bound to be a human experience in yeah. everything we're doing. And we have to own the human experience. And I often find it's the most humbling and the most rewarding when we can own the, the mess ups and we can own the being tired. Mm-hmm. We can own the all of it. Because that's when you can say, okay, something's not aligned here. I shouldn't feel so tired. I shouldn't feel so drained. I shouldn't feel so sad. I shouldn't feel so like I've I'm constantly messing up. You know, if that's an overarching feeling, maybe you need to add someone else to your staff. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to pull something back. Yeah. Maybe you need to offer something less. Because in the end, and this is what I always tell people, you know, how I look at our work is our love made visible. And when someone has been a part of something that you've worked on or you've loved, there should be a feeling of bliss. Yeah. And as soon as you start to remove yourself from your bliss, you start to remove yourself from the essence of what your service is. So don't remove the bliss. And if you have, then you've removed yourself from your service. Mm -hmm. So get back to what it is that got you there in the first place and know that that's your gold. So you don't need to have the biggest offering in the world and be anything. You just have to be happy. And if you're happy and if you're bringing this joy of who you are into whom you're touching, whom you're serving, and how you're making them feel, that's all we need to do Mm -hmm. effectively. Yeah. And that is a business. And that makes you an entrepreneur. And that can make you successful. And that's all. We complicate things so often. I keep my life very uncomplicated um, on purpose. And I tell people this all the time, you know, there are a lot of people in my arena that have offices and agents and all the things. And I don't, I don't have an agent. I run my things out of my home. I do things a little bit differently because that's who I am. And that's where I feel happier. Yeah. So being honest with who you are means being true to yourself means running a business that can not only bring you joy, but brings joy to others. You know, that's that's the give and take. As soon as you start to remove your own joy, others will feel joyless as well, and they'll not want to be partaking in what it is you're offering. So it all comes down to energy um, in any service that you're providing, and being mindful of your own energy, taking care of oneself, really getting into the middle of who you are as a business person and your private practices, not only from a business perspective, but a, but a soulful practice, I think you kind of can't go wrong. Yeah. Dude, we forget we're human beings, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I and I drill that out of everybody that um, I work with. I'm like, hey guys, we're all the same. Right. We're all the same. We all, doesn't matter what we do in this life, but we need each other 
And in the most of it all, we need to trust and believe in ourselves and know that we have the ability to do whatever it is that we want to do. So it's just those slow moments, um, just that positive affirmation all the time. Slow it down. Take the breath. Positive affirmations. Getting into the center of oneself. You got this. I the prize. What do I want to do today? Not big picture stuff. Drill it into that moment. Drill it into that hour. Drill it into that day. That day becomes a week. That week becomes a month. That month becomes a year. Then all of a sudden you're looking back and it's 10 years later and you have this booming business. You have clients coming out the yin yang. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. It's just, it's so microscopic. Yeah, it's microscopic, but it's magic. It's magic. And magic is in the baby little microscopic moments. Yeah. That's where the magic is. Not in the big time stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your home and your heart with us today. I think everyone who's listening in is going to take definitely such a valuable nugget from this and apply it into their own day-to-day, their own business, their own even life situations as well. And I think that's one of the things that when I created this podcast was not only to talk about the skin and all the things, but getting to the heart of like, why we do what we do in this industry yeah and it's all about for the love of the service and for the love of giving and really working with your heart and working with your hands so thank you so much for being here well that's why i love you and i love the derma lodge i love the derma lodge it's a match made in heaven it is so it is totally humbled and love you and anytime and uh and sending love to everyone that's been listening. Thank you for being so gracious with your time. And um, we'll see you on the flip side, friends. Sounds good. Thank you, Tiffany. Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to Living Skin. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any topics you'd like for us to feature, send an email to livingskinpod at dermalogica.com. And until next time, Cheers to living in your healthiest skin.